1: Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the superfans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report. We have another awesome super fan interview for you. We have Captain Mel, aka Melissa Sullivan from Club Bravo Clubhouse. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, Adrienne and Jen. I'm so excited to talk about Below Deck and I was flattered you invited me to join the pod. I have been dying for this. I've been begging Adrian. I'm a
2: super introvert and I'm not great at networking. And I kept asking Adrian, can we get Mel on? We really need to get Mel on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good once I feel like people know who I am. But until I feel like they know who I am, I'm like, Adrian, talk to them for me. <laughs>
0: Well, and I just got Jen into the clubhouse recently Mm -hmm. after I told her that I was coming to do a couple of these and how much I learned and how interesting they were, which is very much a testament to the amount of time and effort you guys have put into it. Very impressively, there have been some really great people that have jumped on there
1: to put in their two cents about Below Deck, and I think it's awesome. I mean, that's what's funny is that before this, I I talked about Below Deck with my friends. I have a few friends who watch. I've got a devoted group of Bravo friends, but I've made so many through Clubhouse. So talk about networking that. Now when I want to talk about Bravo shows or if there is stuff with Below Deck, people are sending me messages. I have a lot of new friends I can bounce my thoughts off of. Clubhouse has been something I didn't know was ever coming. And once I got into it, it's unexpectedly changed it in a great way. Yeah.
0: And for those listeners that don't really know what Clubhouse is or really haven't had any engagement with it, can you give a breakdown
1: real quick? Yeah, that is such a great question to ask too. So when somebody asks me what Clubhouse is, I explain it to say it's kind of like live radio, talk panels, Q&A sessions. It's an audio social network where people come in and create conversation rooms about anything they want to talk about. And in particular, for me, it is reality television on Bravo and also off Bravo, like MTV is the challenge I talk about all the time too. And you just have these great conversations and debates. And it's a very respectful space. In most cases, it's people coming from all around the world to share and laugh and do whatever. And it's, it's just been so much fun to be on. Well, and people
0: don't have to necessarily be invited directly to Club Bravo in order to be able to participate in these conversations, like what happened a couple of weeks ago when we were all wrapping up a conversation that went on a couple of hours. Normally, they're not that long, but we had a pretty interesting discussion going on a couple of weeks ago. And then some dude, I want to say he was from Ireland, maybe? (laughs) The farmer guy who was like, yeah, I make meat. So if you guys want to check out my meat, come and find me. Like.
1: (laughs) It's always great when a random person just raises their hand to come up. So the way it also works is that you can be an active participant in the room as a speaker, or you're welcome to just listen. And if you want to join the conversation, you can raise your hand. And sometimes you get people who just have never seen the show. And it's always fun to tell them then to go watch Below Deck because it's a great show. But yeah, we had the meat guy from the UK who had to let us know he was doing like a meat room or something later on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very
0: entertaining. And like his naivete about the entire situation. He's like, oh, it's a show about boats. That's cool. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, kind of. You see a little bit of the boat, but it's been such an interesting and fun thing. And Jen, you have just recently gotten into it. So I'm excited to hear what you have learned. Well, I mostly
2: lurk. To be honest, the first time when you were on the panel, I raised my hand and went up and I know Dr. Monica from Camp Getaway. So it was like having both of you there, I wanted to make a little bit of a contribution But mostly I go and listen because just like in real life, when I don't know people, I don't think people want to hear me. Like on this, if they're dialing into Gangplank Report, I figure they're at least putting up with me so they can hear you, you know, (laughs) but I haven't quite gotten to the point where I interact yet. But I do like on the very first one, having a perspective like Victoria's where she was from Jamaica and she was giving us some insight into Lexi's behaviors. I thought growing up really, in the Caribbean, right? I thought was really interesting how there's different social norms there that we might take as rudeness that would be very typical down there. So that was really informative. And then Mel, you had Jennifer on from the charter with her and Patrick and yes. some of the bombs she dropped, like that Matt's food was better than Chef Ben's. I was shocked because he's been my gold standard until, of course, now I have a new gold standard who's on this Zoom call. <laughs> but
0: who knew? So swag nasty wins again.
2: Yeah. And it was just, it's interesting to be able to hear so many different You kind of get in your own head when you watch the shows, because unlike you, Mel, I don't have a big circle of real life friends who watch the show. I finally just got my kids to watch it this year after a decade. So it's always been a social media interaction for me. But this is I don't know, there's something about it being live and people just giving their thoughts. It's very informative.
1: I like it a lot. You just get so many different perspectives of people. Everybody's coming in. Victoria, who you mentioned too. her husband works in yachting and boating. So she oh. comes up with a whole other perspective that I love that I can ask these questions or when Adrian's popped in or I'll even just say sometimes if anybody knows anything about boating, come on up, then you get a couple people who have worked in the cruising industry, right, which is relevant enough as well that goes with it. So I feel like I'm getting there. Uh, I always joke because I know nothing about yachts and boating. I took a cruise when I was a child. If I go on a boat, chances are I will be wearing C-bands and taking (laughs) Dramamine, And solid chance I will be below deck the entire time napping it off. So it's funny how much I enjoy below deck, considering that I could never be on one. And I'm actually a quasi-newish viewer to the show. I got into it, I'm bad at season numbers. What was the season where Ashton fell off the boat and almost died? That was in (laughs) 780s.
2: I think that was season seven of Below Deck Original. So,
1: yeah, yeah that's I, the first season I watched. I tuned in both for the first time to Below Deck and the Real Housewives of New York because both of them had like tragedy at sea and I was so captivated by this concept and then I'm fine with Real Housewives of New York I watch it but like Below Deck I fell in love with and then went and binged every season possible especially with having 2020 to have a lot of pandemic downtime to binge things I've watched everything I think now like even more than once at times Uh, I just love the show so much.
0: I'm so glad that you found something about it, despite the fact that you would not actually want to be on a yacht.
1: I mean, <laughs> I do now, by the way, I feel like if I went on a yacht, it wouldn't be as choppy, but you can correct me if it actually gets like seasick level, but I would absolutely love to do a yacht and charter. I'm going to need to fall into a large sum of money, but, um, <laughs> you know, maybe, what, maybe one day I'll just, you know, empty it all out and finally take a charter trip.
2: Well, maybe one day Bravo will rent out a boat for you for all of the oh, publicity God, you've given
0: them. Oh, There you, go. There you go. After BravoCon. Absolutely. I was going to say, I think we've learned through the process of watching below deck. And it's my personal experience working on yacht charters that most people just get so inebriated that they don't feel seasick anymore. They just get hungover. So <laughs> that's when I usually get seasick. It's the only time is when I'm blown out hungover. But that's, I think, the secret that we're learning by watching below deck anyway. And some of the real life charters that I've seen is if you just stay so inebriated that you can't feel the boat move, then that's your way out. So there, we there go. You go. I would be the Danielle, I think, um, <laughs> any yacht trip minus the sumo stripper suit. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about this current season of Below Deck, Mel?
1: I was surprised how much I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I came into it after the high that we had from the last season of Sailing Yacht. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know if we could have a season that was going to match. And I don't think it matches. I still think Sailing Yacht season two is like alter perfection of below deck but i'm really enjoying med more than i thought especially after last season which i absolutely despised i've never in terms of the franchises i've least connected with med i think overall i think it's usually a matter of the crew doesn't always gel for me except for the season where it was like asia jack hannah Mm -hmm. etc i thought that was a great season of med but overall meds my yeah that's like my bottom franchise but this season is just overall, I can't believe I've been saying too, I love the deck side of this more than usual. It's usually about the interior for, you know, a lot of us and the guests, but the deck crew is just so wonderful this year. They are. I love all of the guys this
2: year. And it's so, we've talked about this a lot, Adrian and I have with other super fans That it's so refreshing to have just genuinely nice people that you can root for that seem to love their job and want to interact. I know for drama's sake, it's always almost necessary to have the archetype of someone who doesn't really want to be there, but or who thinks that they're better than they are. But this season with these guys, just how much they dive in, like Z starting off green and how far he's come. Lloyd's
0: learning new things and David's been good from jump. And I think they're actually all guys that you would want to hang out with. Like there's some people that I know in real life from the industry that have been on the show that I don't want to hang out with. That I make really great TV that I would not want to be stuck in the same room with. <laughs> you know, there's, there's people that we watch on the show that are really interesting and add some kind of element to the show, but you wouldn't actually want to go out to a bar with them. Those three guys, I would go on a trip across Europe with them. I would totally hire Lloyd to take me on some kind of a European vacation in a bus with all those guys. They just seem like a lot of fun and like they genuinely enjoy each other. And I think after the stress of what we've had with 2020, seeing a group like that, instead of like an ultra macho group of guys that are just trying to bang everything that's around them is really nice to see. I think that. That's what the tilt shift is for me. There's still obvious tension and drama going on on the interior, which almost always happens. The exception of that sailing yacht season two, where there was almost no internal drama. There was almost no interior conflict. There was a little bit with the Stus and Natasha, but for the most part, they kept it together pretty well. And so to be able to see something that's adverse to what we've seen in previous seasons, I think is what you're getting at. That is really, really lovely.
1: Yeah, exactly. The deck situation can often be the toxic drama and it helps when they're having their post-work hookups and drama that comes from them. But it's really nice to just see a functional group operate to see Z get coached and motivated where usually the green deckhand is like the last thing you want on the boat and chances are they're going to get fired in an episode or two rather than being actually taught and learning how to get into the industry. I could see all three of these deckhands, particularly maybe though Z and Lloyd more as being returnees for a future season, especially as they grow in their ranks. I think that they are really captivating characters and nice humans that the audience has fallen in love with and wants to Continue on with. I hope they bring all three of them back. Oh, it would be great.
2: And I think that it's great to see a deck crew that wants to interact with the guests as well, because we've gotten into this pattern of seeing that they want to leave that to the interior and they just want to break out the toys and do their stuff on the outside and not engage so much unless they're begged by the interior to help. And these guys don't seem to be like that. They really seem like they enjoy the social aspect of the job and it's not just. I'm doing this so I can have a job on the
1: water. Right. They're not just toy technicians. Right. And we don't want the exact same plot lines that we saw on Sailing Yacht either. And that was a large driving force. And that was great drama. But I don't want to see the same thing happen every season. And what's great about Below Deck is due to this rotating cast, you're always getting new drama, new shenanigans, new hookups, new fights. That's what we want. So it's cool to see a totally different side of the deck than I think we've ever seen on the franchise. Right. Totally agree. So now that we've covered the exterior, what are your thoughts on the interior, specifically Lexi? Oh, it's very complicated. Um, (laughs) And that's where I've found being able to discuss on Clubhouse and like have these debates has been wonderful because it is such a nuanced issue and it's really such shades of gray that I don't know. And again, Adrian, you lived this. This is a television show. We are seeing a fraction of things and we're seeing a portion of it. So it's hard sometimes to know what we're not seeing, what's the full story is it worse is it better we will never know as viewers so you have to take it like that and that's what's also tricky with clubhouse is that we are seeing it as tv viewers and you're viewing it for some people a little bit deeper than others some are taking into account what's production etc what i've said is lexi is very good at her job until the last episode um, <laughs> until she doesn't want to be until right. she's good at her job until she doesn't want to be right. and this is a great question for you adrian because in yachting again based on my experience of watching this on a television show is that you earn those stripes and i would assume that yes you pitch in here and there but ultimately as you go up the ranks you're leaving those things behind it's just sort of like a regular you know desk job if i started out in certain industries you know you have like your busy work or whatever and then eventually i don't have to do that So for Lexi, I can understand the frustration of, I'm a second stew, I've already done all the years of laundry and turnovers, and I just want to do the service part. And I think what we were explaining is that it seems like Katie's style of management to have them rotate, while good in theory... It's not being communicated enough of that's why it's being done. And it's creating this sort of tension in between where it comes off as like getting to do service is not based on how many stripes are on your sleeve, but like the thing that you get for being the good employee, which is not what was the intent. So it's gone off the rails in the last few weeks. And now, of course, bringing on a third, it's creating a whole other level of drama. And I thought in the last episode, the management skills of Katie are showing here that I think that there's more to what is all happening in Lexi unhappiness because it does seem like there might be more of a management skill. And I know I'm rambling, but also like Lexi definitely has been a real cranky person on the boat, but she's gone through a lot too. And that's where I see both sides of it. And that's also how as like a person, I always kind of look at both angles of where someone's coming from.
2: I get that and appreciate that because I do the same thing. And after the clubhouse that I visited where they were talking, it was about Lexi and Leah from New York, but it ended up being more about Lexi. I did get a different perspective because I do always have in the back of my head, I've been watching the show too long to not know that editing plays a factor. And I know too many people from the show to know that it does. So I do always keep in the back of my mind what aren't we seeing and try and, in some cases, in most cases, give the benefit of the doubt until I'm repeatedly proven wrong. And I'm at the point with Lexi where I feel like I've been repeatedly proven wrong and she really is slacking on purpose as kind of a backlash to what she perceives as Katie's reason for the rotation and until this last episode that we just saw it had been a very regular rotation and it fell within the guidelines of what Katie had said originally that she didn't want anybody getting burnt out but this with Lexi having two back-to-back mornings that confused me a little bit and Same. did make me question Katie's management style a little bit so I see what you're saying
0: well I think initially Katie's comment was that she was going to do the rotation so that nobody got burned out. And so that nobody got bored out of their minds doing laundry all the time. And laundry is not a punishment, by the way, it's just the job and everybody has to pitch in. You see Katie go down there and do stuff too. And she, out of all of the interior should be the one who wouldn't be in there. Who's got more important things to worry about. I did plenty of laundry on my season, but you never saw that. Traditionally, the way it has worked out is that, the chief stew manages the service, manages the entire interior, barely goes down to the laundry room, but you see the second stew and third stew doing somewhat of a rotation in there, helping each other out and working on service. And if you can manage to get a good enough groove going, then that all works out and everybody just kind of covers for everybody else. Like if I'm on late and I get up late and the other two are on service, then I can go ahead and flip a load of laundry so that it's already going for the person who's probably serving breakfast. Like there's always a way that you can manage it to help everybody out where everybody's kind of pitching in on all of the things. But when we saw Lexi start to drop the ball and leave the cleaning supplies in the room, not bring the towels expeditiously or leave the towels in there to begin with, forgetting to put breakfast plates out. Those seem like intentional, like she was neglecting it on purpose because she was just starting to lose her steam. I think she's just over it. I think she's just had it. And I've had people like that on trips. I did a six week long trip earlier this year where something similar to that happened with the second stew where she just lost her steam and just became really forgetful. And you could tell she wasn't excited anymore. And it's a stressful job. And especially when you're going at it that long without a break, it becomes really exhaustive. And I get it. At the same time, I think there's more to it because they're really not that far into this thing. They're only like three weeks into this trip because it's an abbreviated filming season. So... I don't know. I have a hard time believing that she's just that forgetful without any kind of backhandedness to it.
1: Oh, and see, I viewed it that it was just almost like I'm over this job. I'm tired of being around these people. I'm having a bad few days. I didn't view it as being fully intentional, but I did feel like it was a, I'm not into this portion of the job, so I'm not going to go as above and beyond as I'd normally do. But I do think it was almost like no one can see me, so I'm just kind of going to do whatever and it's not coming off great. Because I really have said for weeks, I thought Lexi is great at her job and shines at service. But I don't know. She just seems really checked out and can't leave. And it's not the traditional season where people can really, it seems like, get fired and rehired and... I guess we're seeing now if you're going to put a deck slash stew in holding their resume might not be exactly what was prescribed so you know it's like really catch-22 am I using the right phrase to describe it here yeah yeah Yeah.
0: definitely I think it'll be interesting to see the way that the rest of the season plays out I've been wondering this entire time and I've mentioned it to Jen before is Sandy saying I want to finish this season with the crew I started with any kind of foreshadowing for the fact that we're going to end up with all of these people at the end? Is she going to push for Lexi to stay there just based on principle, regardless of how good or bad she is at her job? Is that foreshadowing that we're going to see it towards the end where Lexi just ends up finishing out the season by default because Sandy doesn't want to lose anybody because she feels like that will be a success in this versus everybody being happy at the end of it?
2: Well, spoiler alert if you follow Lexi's Instagram, that theory's kind of been blown out of the water. I won't give any more away than that. I'll let people who want to go search and see her question and answer sessions that she's been doing.
1: <laughs> a lot uh, of them.
2: Yeah, a lot of them. Her latest one really kind of sent me over the edge on her. I was a lot more neutral until someone asked her if she was disappointed in Z for not backing her up as another black person. And she said that she didn't think that he wanted to be a black person. And that that was just like, okay, wow. You have completely lost me now. I can't with you. I don't think that she's a great person in general. I realize that she's grieving. I've tried to give her slack. But like I said, when somebody repeatedly shows me over and over a very not great side of themselves, I start to believe it. And I believe it with her now after that. It can't all be
1: editing. Right. Yeah. There's editing, but there is always something in truth that Mm -hmm. you have given them. Like you can get a bad edit, but that's because you've given them bad content. So I'm not saying Lexi is a saint and this is like all false. I also don't necessarily know if she is the devil, but we do know when she drinks, the devil does come out per her own mouth. (laughs) But um, I do think, and this is something I've felt watching the show a lot of times is that, and Adrian, maybe you have like some answers to this, but sometimes it seems like the people that they get on the show are sort of in this last leg of their yachting career. And this maybe seems like something that's like a refreshing change of pace. And then we kind of see after this, they don't necessarily return to yachting. Because to me personally, when I would watch Met in the past, I thought like Hannah didn't seem to love yachting. I think Hannah really enjoyed doing the show and was good at her job, but just didn't want to do this anymore. Same with what eventually happened with Kate. Because I always flashback to this now that I've watched them recently, was that when Kate joined Below Deck, she said like, if I'm still doing yachting in five years, like I'll kill myself. And her last season of the show was her fifth one. Because again, I think that She enjoyed the show and working with Lee, but yachting wasn't her passion anymore. And I think that kind of happens a lot on this show. Oh, for
0: sure. Earlier in my yachting career, here I am 16 years in, but earlier in my yachting career, I gave myself a mental goal of getting out by the time I was 35. I just turned 38 last week. So there's that and I'm still doing it, but I've also grown quite a bit in my part of my career, which there is some growing to do a lot of the times, unless you just go up and up and up and up and up in size, you're not earning more money or earning more stature in what you're doing. And sometimes that can be a real challenge, depending on where you're trying to do your boating. I like to stay local to Florida, Bahamas, Caribbean. I have not ever done a med season. I would have loved to earlier in my career. Now, I think my husband would probably not love that idea unless he could come visit every weekend but for what it's worth there is growing to be done in the industry but at some point you just kind of cap out and unless you go big 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 and then you're on Abramovich's boat at the Cannes Film Festival there's places to go I just don't think it's sustainable for people that really want to have a life and I think there are a lot of people that use one season as below deck as a launch pad to gain more of a social media following for whatever it is that they want to do in the future and I think that's great we actually talked about that not that long ago on one of our other podcasts. Bugsy has launched a book and Hannah has a bunch going on and Ben has his chefing career that he's still doing but now based on land. So there's a lot of things that are happening that Below Deck becomes a catalyst for networking for and I can appreciate that. I wish I had had a little bit more foresight in my first season, but even when we filmed, we had no idea if it was ever going to air or what it was going to look like or how it was going to turn out. I mean, for a year and a half, we sat around and waited for my show to come out. So it was pretty wild. It was a roller coaster. Now I think people that are in the industry that you're right, are on their last leg of it, see the potential for what this could do based on the marketing elements of it for themselves and jump at the opportunity if they're chosen because they are not super invested in staying and yachting forever. I mean, it's a tough job. It's a lot of hours. It's a long time being away from home. And if that's not your ideal situation, then eventually you're just going to be over it. So yeah, most likely Lexi was not looking at this as a long-term adventure for herself. And I think she has obviously seen through the course of what we've already witnessed on the show that this just isn't for her and she's just checked out. So whatever her next venture is, I'm sure she'll be launching her Venmo, PayPal, <laughs> only fans whatever <laughs> now that only fans is allowed to stick around we found that out recently you know maybe she'll just continue to do that and make money
2: i think she's engaged that's what i've heard so i think she might be going that route but now that we've talked about somebody who's checked out let's flip it a little to somebody
1: who's checked in what
2: are your first impressions mel of delaney
1: an interesting one the classic tale of the below deck cv telling a different story than what was perceived she seems okay and she seems seems. seems like she is willing to learn and take it on Mm -hmm. I don't think she is necessarily happy doing it I think she's putting on a happy face because it's work and I'm there and I'm getting paid and I'm going to get a good tip but I do see the two sides of the coin again of Ken and wants to learn but no, you know, she'd much rather be out inflating a new pool toy. Rest in peace to Maureen. Um, yes, the I magical unicorn. I didn't know we were going to have to grieve so soon for the season. Um, that but was probably the biggest shock of the episode. Once they did
2: the montage, though, it made a lot of sense. Those women yeah. were were wild on Maureen. So <laughs> she held up longer than I would have if I was under that kind of pressure. <laughs>
0: I needed a moment of silence,
2: (laughs) a moment of silence in memoriam.
0: <laughs> <I'm worried. laughs>
2: no, I agree with you about Delaney though. No, I see her willingness. I did feel that there was something that we weren't clued in on because Delaney said at one point on the bridge, I think I said the wrong thing, which makes me wonder what she said, because nothing she said sounded wrong. It sounded honest, but I didn't see why Katie has this impression that she doesn't want to be here because we're not seeing that. So it was a little bit confusing. It felt like we were left out of some meeting, some get together where we missed a whole plot twist, but we'll have to see where it goes.
1: And it seemed very rushed. They barely finished the first day of the charter. Maybe it's a longer charter. We're getting some editing. But it was like, couldn't you wait until you finish this charter? You're docked and then make a decision. It seemed like a very impulsive thing. Also kind of going around yet again and talking to everybody about it. I've been noticing for me, I like Katie on the show. And I mm-hmm. think she is capable at her job. But I think that scaling down how many people she's managing has created like a logistical difference in like where she was in her yachting career to where she is now doing the show. And she's not used to, I guess, like delegating out to a much smaller crew than she's had in the last few years. She seems to want to be liked a
2: lot too, which is very difficult to do in management. You're not going to please everybody. And it seems like she wants everybody to be happy. She wants to be the nice person that everybody wants to work for and with, but there are some times that hard decisions have to be made. So that might be working against her a little bit. I think she's lovely. I've liked her since the beginning. I don't dislike her because of this. I just think it's a growing opportunity. Exactly. I
1: yeah, yeah, I don't actively dislike anyone this season. And I kind of view them all as just like very flawed players and characters. And that's what I see is that Katie started really strong and it just seems like something has changed in her management style. And I think it's just if there was more time to breathe or have longer days off or turn around between charters, like maybe she could get a breath and Mm -hmm. figure out what's going wrong. We're also not seeing and I don't know if they're just not being shown like team meetings to go over what's going right, what's going wrong, how can we improve? It just seems like everything is going with the flow. And that's why they've come to this point of drowning. And when they were even offering her the chance to have a third stew, I was shocked that her reaction was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Because if she's used to managing a crew of like seven other stews and it's going to alleviate the load, why not? I didn't see there being like a huge issue with bringing her on. But again, I don't work in the yachting I, I industry, was, so I, was I don't know. Same,
2: I was the same way, but Adrian can tell you
0: what that was about because I had to ask Adrian. Well, I think part of it is a dynamic, right? And yes, changing rooms is a giant pain in the keister. But at the same time, you're talking about we've got how much time left to go. The Satan that you know sometimes is better than the devil that you don't know. And when she's looking at it from her perspective of I can just muscle through the rest of this season. Yes, this has already been a struggle. Yes, I'm picking up slack, but I know I can handle it. It stresses me out. But is this other person without experience going to make my stress level that much harder because I need to spend so much more time teaching them? She's already gotten Courtney into a groove, despite the fact that Courtney cries on occasion, you know, because she's overwhelmed. Understandable. At least she's got things somewhat flowing. And if she's looking at it from her perspective of, I can manage for the next two weeks with what I have, as opposed to putting yet another thing on my plate, which is somebody who has no experience on the interior, like how much more stressful is that going to make her job?
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Because when they were putting a to on hold, you know, they hadn't seen her resume before. Just you know, a woman shows up, gets on the boat and they're thinking that you're going to get, you know, it was a whole thing of what rank will she be? And it's like barely a rank at all. She's never touched a a bed sheet basically outside of helping the crew beds. So I totally see that side of what you're saying. And now that makes sense of why. I guess as like a viewer, less experienced when you just think, oh, she's trying to learn and oh, you need to change cabins. To us, it seems as like a normal person, like, okay, we'll change your cabins. But when you're working there, 18 hour shifts, changing your cabin is probably the biggest nightmare you could even suggest to somebody. Well, and on their down days, when they're doing their
0: one-on-one interviews and they're flipping the boat and getting everything else back together to add yet another thing where you have to, move all your stuff yet again just for two weeks worth of accommodation and the other thing was the tip thing and Jen's brought it up a couple of times and I think her daughter even mentioned it like everybody's going to be a little bit miffed that they're making less of a tip because the one person couldn't pull their weight which was Lexi but I don't think in fact I wholeheartedly believe that Delaney would not be able to just jump into that role and do that rotation with Courtney not that she wouldn't be able to figure it out but it wouldn't run as smoothly as it does right this moment for service because she doesn't have that, that experience
2: yeah i agree with that and when i started to think about it more that courtney is green too and being a chief stew with two greenies under you that would be more pressure for katie so yeah true yeah i get it Mel, i really appreciate you coming i would love for you to give everybody your how they can contact you your i believe it's at mel got served both on Twitter and Insta. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's my handle. And then if you are on Clubhouse, you can find me, you can search for Mel Sullivan or just look for Club Bravo and join as a member of Club Bravo. That's the easiest way because then on top of once you join the club, you'll be alerted to rooms going on. So if you are a Bravo-holic, there's below deck rooms. There's going to be rooms for every other show. It's an awesome community of Bravo fans. So many fun people. The highlight of me listening to your podcast was getting to hear Stephanie, who is Isn't my- she awesome? Yay! Oh my God. Love when her. Stephanie comes up on stage, I'm ready. I just want to pause I want to have a cup of coffee and listen to her because Stephanie is the most hilarious person I've ever engaged with. She I had absolutely us love her. laughing till we were
2: crying. No yep. lie, she can do that with a sigh for me. All she has oh, to do the is iconic sigh, sigh that oh iconic sigh. She's amazing. But yes, there's rooms filled with people. Stephanie is a standout. True, Mel is a standout. True. But there are a lot of wonderful people there. If you love the show, get this app, download it from Google Play, Apple, whatever your setup is download it, listen in. You don't have to speak if you don't want to speak. You have the opportunity to speak if you do. It's just a great resource for little tidbits and different perspectives from people. And I personally love it.
1: We do the rooms Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern. So it's the night after the episode airs on Bravo. So you can come chat with us. I always joke that every room that I do is that you're taking a ride on the SS Club Bravo, with Captain Mel, you can either join the crew and speak, or you are welcome to be a charter guest and just relax and listen to us. That's perfect.
0: Cool. Anyone and Mel, did you have any questions for me? I think you asked them
1: throughout the course of the conversation, but... Here's one more. We obviously know, as we joke this season, there are a lot of hot engineers on board. When it comes, <laughs> When it comes to the tip, in general and yachting, our engineers and other crew that we aren't seeing, because obviously we have created a core cast on the show that is the more TV interesting roles, but there are a lot of people making that boat run. Are they a part of the tip? And then therefore, when we get to a tip meeting that's being televised, are we seeing them a reduced amount of tip or are those people excluded because their jobs are fully salaried? So they are fully salaried by the boat. They also get
0: a guaranteed 20% tip, no matter what the cast crew makes. They they know in advance what their tip is going to be because theirs is already taken care of in advance because they have to put up with us.
2: Okay. So if the cast
0: gets more, do they get part of the surplus then or no, just the 20%? I mean, most of them are less than 20%. So I think that it probably would even out if there was one or two that were higher than 20%. Okay. But they're guaranteed in their contracts with Bravo, they're guaranteed a 20% tip. That's awesome. Interesting. After putting up with us and not having to be a part of the camera situation necessarily, they legitimately
1: make the boat run. So 20% is the least that Bravo could do. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so I had a fun question for the two of you. Adrian, I think you've been in Clubhouse and we've done it. Jen, I know you're newish to jump in and we don't do it every week, but as a tradition on Clubhouse, we like to ask people a little game, which is called Charter Mary, kick off the boat, Captain <laughs> Lee. Captain Sandy and Captain Glenn. Okay.
2: Kick off the boat Captain Sandy. I don't think that's going to shock anybody. <laughs> Charter
0: Captain Lee and marry Captain Glenn. So, I would definitely say marry Captain Glenn. He's adorbs and I love him. Charter Captain Sandy and kick off the boat Lee.
1: Snap. I love it. Wow. <laughs> no, but that's what I love is that we have people come up and we ask questions, we just get so many different perspectives. But I think the universal thing is I think most people want to marry Captain Glenn at this point. We've I cannot
2: get enough of that man. I don't know what it is about him. He's just, he's just so cuddly and cute and sweet and nice. I can't. He's amazing. I liked him first season. I hated first season of Sailing Yacht, but he was a redeeming factor for me. And I was so glad they brought him back second season and I fell in love with him even more. He's amazing.
0: I agree. Love him. Love him. Well, thanks, Captain Mel. We thank you so very much. much appreciate you coming. And please, everybody, check out the Club Bravo Clubhouse group. It's a lot of fun. Now that I'm back in the U.S., I'll be there Tuesday nights at 6. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.
2: Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below, music and lyrics by Angel, Tweeter Frail, and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Superfan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me,
1: Arties. <laughs>